The secular media can be so funny. For the last couple months, the media in Canada has been pushing the idea that the abortion debate is closed, that Canadians are tired of that conversation, that Canadians are mostly pro-choice, and that abortion is one of the basic human rights. In fact, some Canadian politicians seem to think that access to safe abortion is necessary to prevent third world women from dying in childbirth. No one seems to think it's a problem that a woman may want to kill her own offspring. That is, until last week, when a woman in Vancouver was accused of murdering her two newborn baby boys less than a year apart. Here's what Vancouver Police Deputy Chief told reporters. Few incidents are more tragic than the death of a child, but when that death is allegedly at the hands of the mother, it is unimaginable. And when it is two children, it is incomprehensible. This, of course, would be public opinion. A mother killing her newborn baby. And she did it twice, less than a year apart. Why are we shocked? In Canada, every year, there are some 100,000 abortions. That's about one every four minutes. In the United States, every year, there are some 1.2 million abortions. That's about three every minute. In fact, abortion in the United States is one of the most common surgical procedures. Worldwide, there are some 46 million abortions every year. That's about 120,000 abortions every day. Perhaps this Vancouver mother was stressed. Perhaps she didn't want any more children. Perhaps she was abused or had been raped. Maybe her babies were deformed. Who knows? All good reasons to kill your baby. I'm sure she didn't come to the decision to kill her babies lightly. The reasons why women have abortions are exactly those. 95% of all abortions are done as a means of birth control. Only 1% are performed because of rape or incest, 1% because of fetal abnormalities, 3% due to the mother's health problems. All of them done because someone does not want the child. But public opinion says this is okay. On one side, public opinion says that a mother killing her unborn baby is completely comprehensible. But in the same breath, a mother killing her newborn baby is shocking. Makes no sense to me. Wake up, people. If it's such a shock for a woman to kill her baby seconds after she gives birth, why aren't we shocked when people say that a woman should have the right to kill her baby two or three months before they exit the womb? What's the difference? To abortion on demand, I say what Vancouver Deputy Chief would say. Few incidents are more tragic than the death of a child, especially when the death is at the hands of the mother. Let's hope that abortion truly becomes unimaginable and incomprehensible. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello, this is Sultan Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and Krista Matrinko is not with us today, but sitting in his place is Sultan Light producer Matthew Harrison. Welcome back to Sultan Light Radio, Matthew. Thanks very much, Pedro, for having me. It's yeah. been a while. Yes, it has, but good to have you here. Um, Mary Rose Bacani will also be here. She'll be here soon with some diocesan updates. Um, in particular, she will be speaking with the Bishop of Yellowknife. I don't know if you know Matthew. Bishop Murray Chatlin is the Bishop of the second largest geographical diocese in the world. He only has eight priests. But uh, 
we'll, we'll uh, get to hear from him a little later in the program. Now, Matthew, the Holy Father had a busy, busy weekend. Yes. Pope was in Cyprus for three days, and we'll tell you all about uh, that journey and some of the themes that came out of it. Yeah, well, we look forward to those stories. That'll be with Matthew Harrison in a little bit. And our featured artist of the week is Fred Cacciotti, and that's where we begin with the title track of his album, River of Mercy. Heard there's a river of mercy Flowing onward eternally Tell me where I can find it Need to find it There's a change in me Take me to the river of mercy Want to taste it Want to see Open my eyes to beauty Truth and justice Set me free Wash me with a river of mercy From my head down to my feet Immerse me in the river of mercy Till his face is all I see Oh, cleanse me with a river of mercy Fill my heart, my mind and soul Glory to the river of mercy for the treasure worth more than gold On the dawn of a millennium We'll shout and praise His name Everyone will know the name of Jesus From all around the world He'll come with voices raised in song Everyone will know the name of Jesus Praise, praise, praise Praise, praise, praise Heard this, a river of mercy Flowing onward eternally Tell me where I can find it Need to find it There's a change in me Take me to the river of mercy Want to taste it want to see open my eyes to beauty truth and justice set me free wash me with a river of mercy from my head down to my feet immerse me in the river of mercy till his face is all i see Oh, cleanse me with a river of mercy Fill my heart, my mind and soul Glory to the river of mercy For the treasure worth more than gold On the dawn of a millennium We'll shout and praise His name Everyone will know the name of Jesus From all around the world He'll come with voices raised in song Everyone will know the name of Jesus Praise, praise, praise Praise, praise, praise Heard this, 
where I can find it, need to find it, there's a change in me. Take me to that river of mercy, want to taste it, want to see. Open my eyes to beauty, truth and justice set me free. Wash me with a river of mercy From my head down to my feet Immerse me in the river of mercy Till his face is all I see Oh, cleanse me with a river of mercy Fill my heart, my mind and soul Yes, glory to the river of mercy for the treasure with more than gold For the treasure with more than gold For the treasure with more than gold That was our featured artist of the week, Fred Cacciotti with River of Mercy. This is Salt and Light Radio, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can also read our blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro. And here we here with me now is Mary Rose. With Thank you, Pedro. So, what's new? Okay, so uh, in Vancouver, anywhere else in the world, we say it's a miracle when, it's a miracle when a child is born. And a saint levitates and we say it's a miracle as well. So okay. what really is a miracle? So Father John Horgan hopes to shed some light on the subject with this presentation, The Supernatural and Miraculous in Catholic Theology and Faith. Interesting. That's for the upcoming Catholic Forum on Tuesday, June 15th at 7 p.m. at St. Mary's Parish in Vancouver. And then next, would a diocese run better if horses ran it? <laughs> Maybe not. How about if horses representing different parishes ran for it? Calgary says, hooray. So all day Saturday, June 19th, horses and more horses will be running during Calgary's Palio event. On that day, each parish can cheer their horse to victory around the racetrack at the Strathmore Rodeo Grounds. Only in Calgary. <laughs> Note, this is not a gambling event, but a fun day for families and kids of all ages, which raises funds for the diocese at the same time. And Bishop Henry will be there to celebrate Mass, but I don't know if he gets a horse. Check out the really fun website for Palio at paliocalgary.ca. And I talked about this last week by the significance. So I'm, I'm repeating it here. It's the first national event on the legacy of the residential school system taking place at the Forks in Winnipeg from June 16th to 19th. I mentioned it's the first of seven national events over the next five years, an opportunity as well for non-Aboriginal public to learn about the residential school system's place in Canadian history. So for more information, contact Jennifer Wood or the Truth and Reconciliation Commission at 1-877-796-0530. And on to hot topics. If you or someone you know is dealing with same-sex attractions, this event is for you. Tomorrow, June 13th from 2 to 4 p.m., St. Michael's Cathedral is holding a discussion on the topic of homosexuality, the Catholic perspective. Speakers include Archbishop Thomas Collins, TV host and public speaker Michael Corrin, and Gemma Duarte of Courage Toronto. And Courage is an apostolate of the church for persons with same-sex attractions and their families. For more information, go to ocytoronto.org. And for an international flavor, come and listen to Bishop Anthony Fisher 
from the Diocese of Parramatta, Australia, speaking in Toronto. So Bishop Fisher, for you who don't know, is a Dominican friar and ethicist. He also coordinated World Youth Day 2008 in Sydney. And Bishop Fisher will be discussing current bioethical dilemmas facing Australia. Hmm. So that's on Saturday, June 19th at the Mutso Family Alumni Hall inside the University of St. Michael's College at 11 a.m. It's a free lecture event, but seating is limited, so RSVP to guarantee a seat. Send an email to the Canadian Catholic Bioethics Institute at bioethics.usmc at, at utoronto.ca. Great. Thank you, Mary Rose. That's all for events for now, but Mary Rose will return at the end of the show with a featured chat with Bishop Murray Chatlin of Yellowknife, so stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Mary Rose will be back in about 30 minutes. And here with us now is Matthew Harrison sitting in for Krista Matrenko. Hey, Pedro, how's it going? So, Cyprus. Yes, three days. It's the third apostolic voyage of the Holy Father this year. He's got two more to go still. And uh, this trip was very much centered on peace and unity. Mm -hmm. Because the island of Cyprus itself is a bit of a divided it's nation. Divided, yeah. yeah, there's there's a, actually a buffer zone that's patrolled by the United Nations. Yeah. And you have Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots. And a lot of tension between the two. So the Holy Father is very much stressing peace among the people of Cyprus, but also peace in the Middle East because Cyprus is considered part of the Middle East, certainly, and even part of the Holy Land because uh, Paul had, in the had gone the there, Acts of the Apostles, Paul, Barnabas, even the evangelist Mark. Yeah. So, Pedro, one of the most important parts of the journey was his, um, his presentation of a working document for a synod of bishops for the Middle East that's happening in October of mm -hmm. this year. And that was kind of seen as the, the highlight. In fact, in his general audience, Pope Benedict said it was the highlight to present this. And he's very hopeful, the Pope is, that by presenting this document and by having this, uh, this synod in the Middle East, that there will be more unity within the local churches there, right. as well as um, attention will be brought to the church in the Middle East for the rest of the church so that we here in North America and Canada will pray for our, our brothers in, uh, in the Middle East and Cyprus in, in the Holy Land. And he's hoping, too, that the, uh, that the international community will look to the Middle East, that this will draw attention to it so that they can work to create uh, more justice, more uh, uh, just bring an end to, to the tensions there. Mm. In fact, he said that uh, he hopes that it will bring attention to the plight of Christians there in the Middle East, so that a just and lasting solution may be found to the conflicts. And, uh, and again, he reiterated his, his appeal for an urgent and concerted effort to resolve the ongoing tensions. That's a quote from mm -hmm. the Pope there. Um, one other key, key theme is, I mean, the population of, of Cyprus, only about 3% of it is Catholic, so about 25,000, so a very small community. So this is also very much a trip that was uh, building bridges with the Greek Orthodox Church. And if you watched any of our coverage on Salt and Light or streamed us at saltandlighttv.org, you would have seen uh, his Beatitude Chrysostomus II traveling with Pope Benedict pretty much to every event. He's the head of the Greek Orthodox Church in Cyprus. And uh, there was a very cordial meeting between the two, and, and there just seemed to be a, a, quite a, a touching uh, exchange between them. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Father was saying um, at a, a number of times, in fact, when he started the trip, the very first thing he did was an ecumenical meeting, and he stressed the unity of Christians. So this is a trip that was very much an emphasis of let's bring together 
the East and the West. Let's bring together the Latin church and the Greek church. Uh, another touching moment that uh, wasn't actually broadcast was a meeting with uh, the Pope and a Muslim cleric. And uh, this cleric met the Pope. He, he was from the North and he wasn't able to come into uh, the region uh, where they're where there's that, that divide in mm -hmm. Cyprus. And uh, the, the sheikh was actually sitting on a chair right. and he apologized to the Pope saying, you know, sorry, okay. I'm old. And the Pope said, that's okay, I'm old too. So very, you know, touching embraced, yeah. human moment. They embraced um, a medal of Pope Benedict's pontificate was given to, to the sheikh and he gave back uh, some mm -hmm. Muslim prayer beads and just a, a warm exchange and a promise that they would pray for each other. Yeah, nice. Well, it sounds like it was a successful, if we can use that word, visit. The Holy Father certainly is busy with all these trips. Anyway, that's the news for now. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Matthew will return in about 20 minutes to tell us uh, some more news, in particular about a new Polish saint. So stay tuned. You're listening to Satellite Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. The year for priests has come to a close, and we haven't had a man in black in a while, so... Our man in black today is Father James Mallon of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Father James, welcome to Man in Black. Pedro, it's a great privilege to be on Man in Black. So, so, so... Father... And, and, I, and I have to tell you, right now... I'm walking down a street in London, England, and uh, I am dressed in black. I was going to say, you are in England, so what are you doing there? I'm at an international alpha conference. I'm, I'm one of the speakers, Okay. and I'm gathering with uh, people from about 60 different countries, and uh, I'm helping out with the, what's called the Bishop Stream. They have a number of Catholic bishops from South America, India, and a few, most, that's where most of them are from. There's a couple. There's one from France, but mostly the the Asia and South America. So I'm doing talks for priests and bishops, okay, and just kind of hanging out, enjoying things here in London. But is it Alpha? It's not. Is the conference is for Alpha in general, not for specifically for Alpha Alpha for Catholics? No, it's Alpha in general. Uh, however, there's a special focus on on working with bishops. Okay. And so there's a whole uh, the whole staff who work here at Holy Trinity Brompton. The, Anglican Church that developed the that yeah. developed the Alpha Course, yeah, and they have invested an incredible amount of resources in helping Alpha take root in the Catholic Church, especially in South America. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so what we want to do today with you, uh, Mr. Man in Black, is that we're going to do like a little bit of a game show, except that there's no audience and you're the only one playing, so there's no prizes and either. What's the prize? Do, <laughs> I, do I get a prize? There's no prizes either, so it's no really. It's really not at all like a game show. That 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 was just. Uh... All right, so okay, you, you okay. got me here. Um, there's I hope no... I pass. I hope I win. Um, um, but what we do have is we have a bunch of random questions, like like what did you have for breakfast this morning, and and hopefully, uh -huh. in the midst of the randomness, we'll 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 find some depth, because you're a man of depth. Excellent. Sounds good. Okay, so the first good. the first segment is called choices we make. Okay, so I'm going to ask you uh, several rapid-fire questions, and you get to choose yeah. between you get to choose between two items like peanut butter or cashew butter. Okay. Sure. Okay, so uh, film or TV? Film. Really? What's your favorite film? My favorite film? Oh my goodness! Uh, hmm. Yeah. That's oh, putting a guy on the spot. Okay, so one, I could uh, name you about fifty, but. <laughs> okay, so uh, and that's that's, that's uh, ch changing lanes. 
Oh. Well, one of one of my favorites. Okay, very good. And film. Very theological. I also like TV as well. Okay. <laughs> but my my two my two favorite TV shows just ended. Uh, oh. Lost and Twenty Four. Really? What are you going to do now? Yes. I don't know. I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to have a lot more spare time. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let, let's do the next one. Next one is uh, a little okay. a, a little more serious. The Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of John? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'd have to. If I'm forced, I'd have to choose the Gospel of John. Really? Why is that? Yes. Um, I, there's just so much more... Well, it's, it's just so distinctive. I mean, obviously, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, they're so I similar know. and all yeah. that. But John just stands out, and I find myself, I go to John as much as I do the other three Gospels that are called Synoptic Gospels. Yeah. Uh, I go to John as much as I do to all three of the others combined. Right. Yeah. No, I know. It's not really a fair question because you can't really compare. Um, now, if you'd asked me Luke or John, I'm, it might have been a bit more close. Oh, really? So, so of the synoptics, oh, yes. Luke Luke's is... Luke's gospel is, is, is my favorite uh, synoptic oh, gospel. Oh, good. So you're, 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 you're enjoying this year, this uh, yes. liturgical year. Um, okay, next one. Breakfast or dinner? No, see, I grew up in Scotland, so by dinner, do you mean lunch or supper? <laughs> I mean the evening meal. <laughs> oh, the evening meal. Well, I would have to say my favorite meal is definitely the evening meal. The evening meal. And, and in Scotland, yes, what would that be? Meal. What would that evening meal be in, in Scotland growing up for you? Well, in Scotland, it might be definitely fish and chips on Fridays. Really? Uh, it would be... Uh, we're, in Scotland, we tend to be a bit of a kind of meat and potatoes crowd. Yeah. You know, and then you then you deep fry everything. Okay, I have one last one for you, and and you're gonna appreciate this one: Mac or PC? Well, that's uh, that's a very easy one. Uh, of course, that would be Mac. Yeah, you're a, you're a Mac guy, aren't you? I'm a total a total a very very biased. <laughs> okay, you haven't gone off and bought an iPad yet. No, no, I don't need an iPad. Uh, you know, it's kind of iPads kind of like split between a laptop and an iPhone, right? Yeah, and you have those. So I think an iPad would be great for people who don't want to own a personal computer because, you know, most of the stuff most people do in computers is like word processing, internet, yeah. email. The iPad would be really cool for that, but it's too big to fit in my pocket. Right, exactly. Anyway, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and this is our segment, The Man in Black. Um, and our Man in Black of the Week is uh, Father James Mallon, who is from Halifax, but he's right now in London, England. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple little... This one's a little more serious, uh, Father James. Okay. Um, when you were little, what did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I wanted to be anything when I, when I was little. <laughs> Uh, but when I was in high school, okay. uh, maybe I wanted to be a soldier. I want to be a soldier. Really? Yes. Like go to war and stuff. Well, yeah, I suppose that's probably not a very priestly thing to admit. But yeah, there was like uh, when I was a kid, we used to run around and play soldiers. And I used to play toy soldiers. And I used to read comic books about war and all this. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of normal for a little boy. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's normal. How old were you when you moved uh, to Canada? I was 13 years old oh. when I moved from Glasgow to Canada. Okay, so so you were not that little anymore. No. Yeah. Um, uh, th- 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 this one's a little more serious. What th- What is one of your deepest fears? My deepest fear is of, uh, I guess, kind of grieving the Holy Spirit, messing up, you know, like right. uh, through my example that I would somehow hurt people or hurt people's ability to respond to God. Right. You know, that would be my, 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 my deepest fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot at stake, you know, and be, being, being a priest, there's so much at stake, and yet 
I know myself to be such a imperfect human being, you know, like so sometimes so weak, you know, and uh, and you just say, Lord, you know, just stop me from, don't let me mess it up too bad, <laughs> too right. badly, you know. Yeah. But God is good, and God God gives you the grace that you need. Yeah, definitely. Now you're uh, you're big responsible, big responsibility as a priest. You actually have a, an amalgamated parish. You have two parishes. Um, what is what what are your hopes for your parishioners or for your parish? Well, yeah, well, we had to, initially, it was two parishes. One of the things we had to do was to make that parish into one parish. Uh, now, we still have both buildings, uh, uh-huh. but we amalgamated everything else. We have one office. We have one one set of committees. We put all the ministries together, and we changed the name of our parish and tried to create a sense to challenge our parishioners to see beyond uh, just my association with this particular building, to, to rethink what it means to be church. Right. And I guess my greatest wish for my parishioners would be to really grasp the potential that we have as a parish church to be alive and to make an impact on people's lives and on the community if we really open our hearts to the Lord, if we really surrender our own agendas to Christ and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come and, come and move in our hearts. And if we recognize the gifts we have from God and give them to God to, uh, you know, to, to, be, to be used for the kingdom, that's what I would love. If that happens, man, our, things would be different. Nice. Thank you very much. That's all the time we have, eh? That's it. You won the big prize of the game show. Uh, oh, yeah. wow. You got to have a 10-minute conversation with me. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> All good answers, Father James. I won't take any more of your Thanks, time. I know Pedro. you're gotta keep strolling the the evening in London. So I'll I'll, I'll leave yeah. you to that. God bless. God bless you. Okay, that was our man in black of the week, Father James Mallon. He's pastor of St. Thomas Aquinas Canadian Martyrs Parish in the Archdiocese of Halifax, Nova Scotia. I am Pedro Guevara Man, and I am not wearing black. If you like this segment, please send us an email. We're looking for Men in Black to have on the program. Write to us and tell us about your favorite priest and how we can contact him. And we will, because this is fun. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And now our featured artist of the week, Fred Cacciotti, with his song Dancing in the Light from his album River of Mercy.
That was Fred Cacciotti with some awesome guitar playing on Dancing in the Light. We will be speaking with Fred in about five minutes, but first here back with us is Matthew Harrison with uh, some more news. Yeah, this week, uh, Pedro, a very sad story. Uh, Bishop Luigi Padovese was laid to rest. He's the uh, Turkish archbishop who was, sorry, bishop who was the president of the Turkish Catholic bishops. He was uh, murdered by his driver, uh, on June 3rd, and uh, originally uh, stories were saying that uh, his driver was insane, but now there's some speculation as to of, of his sanity. So it's certainly a developing story that we'll see how that uh, plays itself out in the next few days. But he was laid to re- rest this week, and when in Cyprus, Pope Benedict uh, extended his condolences to this to uh, to the bishop's uh, family and to the to the, the uh, Turkish bishops, he said that um, he entrusts his soul to the mercy of Almighty God, mindful of how committed he was, especially as a bishop, to interreligious and cultural understanding and to dialogue between the churches. Then he said that Bishop Padovese's death is a sobering reminder of the vocation that all Christians share to be courageous witnesses in every circumstance to what is good, noble, and just. So certainly a very sad situation. Um, now, Continuing with this theme of, of martyrdom, actually, mm-hmm. a, a happy situation. Yes. Last weekend in Poland, where about 140,000 people showed up in Warsaw for the beatification of Father Jerzy Popolusko. Now, Father Jerzy uh, was a 37-year-old priest who was linked to the Solidarity Movement in Poland, and he was murdered by the communist secret police agents because of his work with the Solidarity Movement and how he would speak out against communism. And he was beatified on the Feast of uh, the Body and Blood of Christ on Sunday. Great turnout. Archbishop Angelo Amato, he's the prefect for the Vatican's Congregation for Saints, presided over uh, the Mass. Cardinal Leveda, the uh, prefect of the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, uh, he was, there was well as church leaders from Lithuania, Belarus, Ukraine, Czech Republic. So really a huge turnout. The Holy Father also sent his greeting saying that uh, Father Jerzy is very much a, a model for all priests, especially as this year of priests, year for priests comes to a close. And one very touching moment from the beatification, uh, the priest's widowed mother, Mariana Popolusko, she will turn 100 on June, or she turned 100 on June 1st, and she led the congregation in a rosary before the Mass. Nice. So very touching, uh, very incredible uh, witness to, of Father Yerzy uh, in, in what he did in, in really being strong in, in stressing values of the gospel and bringing people together. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's nice that he, he is very much uh, a saint for Poland, and now he's now the saint for the whole church. Definitely. So that's very good. Thank you, Matthew. That was Salt and Light producer Matthew Harrison sitting in for Krista Matrinko, who should be back next week. Um, if you'd like to comment on anything you hear on our program, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, I'm Janelle, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel on Sirius 159 or XM 117. It's not uncommon to hear about a rock musician who leaves it all after having a conversion. And, well, that's pretty much what happened to our featured artist of the week. He's been writing, singing, and playing music for the Lord since 1984. And in 2005, he received a Unity Award for International Artist of the Year, and in 2006, a Gospel Music Award for Instrumental Song of the Year for actually the song we just heard, Dancing in the Light. Now, I met Fred Cacciotti as I did many Catholic artists as we prepared for 
World Youth Day 2002. And so it's a pleasure to have Fred join me now on the phone. Fred, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. It's wonderful to be here with you, Pedro. So uh, we, have, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to get a little kind of the, the, the quick and dirty recap version of, of your life before 1970. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going back a long way for sure. Well, back, I, I would say probably about 19, from about 1966 to about 1971, roughly. Those were the years that I was involved in the rock and roll business. The um, long-haired years. Yeah, you know, that was the, um, the time of the, uh, obviously, the Woodstock Rock Festival in 69, and the height of the Beatles' um, careers and all the rest of it. So, in essence, I was involved in... Um, uh, several rock groups. We we basically, um, uh, uh, you know, set the stage for some of the greater artists like, uh, you know, Eric Clapton and uh, and Janis Joplin and a lot of these different artists that would come into Toronto right. to do these rock concerts. So we'd we'd go up and do a bit of a show and then they'd come on. So right. we'd kind of front for them. Yeah. And then we had like uh, the three rock groups I was involved in were Taxi. Um, Tote Family and Homestead, which okay. probably a lot of your listeners no. will remember those, but but we did uh, a lot of our own concerts as well as uh, fronting for some other big acts. Right now, and, and how was your your faith life like in those days? It was it was pretty bad, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know the, the thing was I was brought up a Catholic, but when, once I got into the rock and roll business, uh, you know, you kind of um, leave a, a lot of that behind because the, the, the peer pressure is extreme. But I'm glad to say that I didn't get involved in a lot of the. Um, the kind of the darker side of the right. rock business that so like some of my associates did. Right. Uh, and, and so some of that Catholic upbringing must have uh, stayed within me because right. certainly uh, uh, I, I didn't go down that path. Right. Now, you, you left or you, you had to stop performing because of a health reason, right? That's right. But yeah, you I stayed in the industry. I had a asthma condition. The doctor okay. said either get out of rock or die. But you stayed, but you stayed in the industry up until 1984 or so? Uh, well, what I did basically is I, I went to, I got a day job, so to speak, and I worked as a financial advisor okay. uh, during the day, but um, a lot of my friends, of course, wanted me to still continue playing, so we did, uh, you know, part-time kind of, uh, uh, you know, weekend uh, uh, rock things up until about uh, 84, uh, not nothing full-time, but okay. certainly it was still in the rock and roll. Type so, of thing. so what happened in 1984? What changed for you? Well, you know what? It, the, the funny thing about this was that uh, in 1984, I was doing very well as a financial advisor. I had won tremendous awards, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess it kind of all went to my head. Uh, I, I was making pretty good money at the time. But then everything crashed, and, I, and, and that was the year, uh, if I remember correctly, where uh, a lot of the uh, market conditions weren't such that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that were good for, for uh, the type of business I was in. Right. I, I really lost a lot of money. I was at my pretty well the bottom I could be. And, you know, w when you're in that particular situation and uh, you don't have God in you or living the way God wants you to live, you, you, you kind of look at everything as very dark. But a friend of mine, and this is how it came about that I came back to uh, to the Catholic Church and to Christian music, was uh, a friend of mine was a Baptist, actually, and he actually got me to come back and start reading the Bible with me every morning. And he never asked me to be become a Baptist, but he just said, just go back to your faith. And I did. I went back uh, to a Catholic church in Oshawa, where there, they had actually a folk group playing at the time, and I, and I eventually became a member of the folk group and started writing Christian music right uh, in 1984 when I uh, joined uh, that group. Yeah, wow, and that was that's the rest of the rest of it is uh, is history. Um, just a note for anyone 
who might be uh, joining the program right now. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Fred Cacciotti. Now, Fred, there's a quote on your website, and, I, and I've always noted it because it's your, your email signature, mm-hmm. that says, Faith is not believing that God can. Mm-hmm. It is knowing that He will. Yes. Why, why is that kind of like your motto? Well, you know what? I, I believe that, that God answers all prayer if it's according to His will, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times we, we you know we ask for things that um, that we want, but what I always do in my prayers, I always if there's something that I really need and something that I really want to do, and I, I'm hoping that God can help me achieve these things, I always say, Lord, please help me with this if it's Your will, mm-hmm. and, and and in essence, if if it doesn't happen. I know that it wasn't his will, so obviously he answers all prayers because God will answer all prayer as long as it's within his plan for you. Right, so he answers whether we like the answer or not. Exactly. Um, Now, you um, have, correct me if I'm wrong, you have three albums. Uh, uh, Three on my own, like that I I, um, have now Christian albums that I did when when I became a solo artist, but there was one before that when I was leader of Spirit in Motion. We had a Okay. A CD called Yesterday, Today, and Forever. Uh, just one CD with that group, but then the other three came after that as a solo artist. So Spirit in Motion was the group that the, your your parish group. That's where, right. When and I that's met the you. one yeah. where, where we uh, we yeah, performed at the World Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Those guys. Um, now this last album, yes. um, The Way of Love. Yes. What uh, what is different about that album? Well, this is really amazing. Uh, the Knights of Columbus um, asked if I would do a Stations of the Cross album because they wanted to help Catholics to improve their prayer life and they, they thought that the Stations of the Cross was a wonderful prayer. So um, I agreed to record that album. They funded the whole thing. Uh, all the money from the album, of course, goes to the Knights of Columbus to support their charities. And um, it, the interesting thing is that I wanted to get something really original. So I found a priest in South Africa through the Internet, uh, Father uh, Johann Strydum, that had written a beautiful Stages of the Cross, so I, I, I asked his permission to edit all the lyric, or uh, edit the, uh, the words right. to fit the sound score that I wrote. And so in essence, what we have is a Stations of the Cross using his uh, words and my original music uh, uh, for a beautiful prayer. And, and it, it's, it's, it's gone over very well. Now, there is one song, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all musical, but there, there's one song, He Loves Us That Much. Yes. What, what can you tell us about that one song? Well, that, that particular song I wrote uh, back uh, before I actually did the Stations of the Cross, but when I, when I was commissioned to do it, I thought this would be a perfect sound score for this uh, project because it, 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 it tells exactly uh, uh, um, you know, uh, what Christ did for us and in that he loves us that much that he chose to die, and that the the, the key word there is chose, uh-huh. in essence, to according to his father's will, uh, so that we could have uh, eternal life, and and that's what that is all about. And and so what I did on the Seasons of the Cross CD, I put that as a separate track at the end of the actual prayer, right. so that people could listen to the full song if they wanted to without going through all the stations if they desired to do that. Right. So now this is an album then that either I suppose people as a group can listen to and oh, do the pray the stations, or you can put it in your car and pray the stations absolutely. while you're stuck in, in fact, traffic. Absolutely. In I encourage people to sit in their uh, room at home and just uh, lay back in their chair and close their eyes, and, they, and, and uh, it's beautiful. The spoken word is actually done uh, by uh, uh, Robert Cutting. He is a, an actual author of children's books, and yeah. he actually did the spoken word for the stations, and of course I did the singing and the music. Right. But uh, it's beautiful, or you, a group can do it. The Catholic Women's League have yes. done it as a group at church, and 
Knights of Columbus, of course, and so groups right. or individuals can do it, absolutely. Good. Well, thank you so much, uh, Fred. That's all the time we have. Sure. But I, I, I hope that this has been uh, enough to incite our listeners to uh, to check you out and, and to see where they can find out more about you and your music, and, and I'll, I'll tell them how to do that in two seconds. I so appreciate it. God bless you. you. You too. Take care. Okay. That was singer, songwriter, and guitarist Fred Cacciotti. If you want to find out more about Fred or how to purchase his music, check out his website, songwriterinthehouse.com. So that's all one long word, songwriterinthehouse.com. And from there, you can uh, you can buy directly from Fred or you can be directed to other uh, the Catholic Music Network or Heartbeat Records or other places where you can download the music or buy the albums. So now, hear now from that new album, The Way of Love, uh, the song that we were just talking about, He Loves Us That Much. My thoughts go to Calvary, the old rugged cross, the crown of thorns upon his head, the blood on his brow. He bore the sins of all the world in pain and suffering. Although he had the power to live, he didn't change a thing. Yes, He loves us that much He chose to die So we could live So we could rise Oh, He loves us that much He chose to die So we could live So we could rise As I kneel at Your feet my head bowed in prayer I think of all you've done for me Unworthy as I am You took the baggage of my life Its weight you didn't mind This gift is so unfathomable Holy One Divine Oh, you love us that much You chose to die so we could live, so we could rise Yes, you love us that much, you chose to die So we could live, so we could rise Beautiful Savior, precious Lord
Yes, you love us that much You chose to die So we could live So we could rise Yes, you love us that much You chose to die So we could live So we could rise Oh, you love us that much You chose to die So we could live So we could rise Yes, you love us that much You chose to die So we could live So we could rise That was our featured artist of the week, Fred Cacciotti, with the song he loves us that much. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org. And our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog here now. Back with us is Mary Rose to take us on a trip up north. That's right. So we're going to the North Pole of the Great White North, the Northwest Territories. Yes. And its capital is Yellowknife. And part of Yellowknife is the Diocese of Mackenzie Fort Smith. For almost three years, Bishop Murray Chatlin has been the bishop of this diocese, and it's been a challenging, well, it's been a challenging job managing a diocese of only 20,000 Catholics spread out over a land four times the size of France. Mm -hmm. So I had a chance to speak with Bishop Murray Chatlin a few days ago about what's been going on up there. Bishop Murray Chatlin, thank you for joining us for Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, uh, can you tell us about how you are reaching the young people in your diocese? In uh, particular, we have been uh, trying to make efforts to uh, connect with them, uh, some of it through the cultural uh, activities that uh, they have gatherings on the land or sometimes canoeing trips and things like that that we, we really like to try to be part of when we can be. We're also uh, making an effort to connect with the Edmonton's Archdiocese Youth Program so that we can be participate in some of the uh, major events that occur uh, a lot further south. We're also having uh, some uh, a group of NET, the National Evangelization Team, uh, come to our uh, central area, Yellowknife, uh, in October. And so they'll be working in our local parish primarily, but also some events in the surrounding areas. So they have six to eight uh, young, vibrant people uh, uh, encouraging other young people, I think is going to be a real positive move. Now, can you talk about your other, um, I guess, activity there in Yellowknife, pilgrimages? Yeah, the people are very much into pilgrimages, and so many people make the long journey to Lac St. Anne, which is about an hour west of Edmonton, and up to 40,000 Aboriginal people gather there each, uh, each July. And so many of our people make a real effort to get there. Also, we have local pilgrimages. One is at Russell Lake, it's called, near uh, Bechocon, the Dog Rib area, and it's uh, facilitated by an oblate mission team and some young people as well. And they'll meet for 10 days, and uh, uh, there's Mass each day and uh, a large gathering that has uh, talks and prayer and singing and some kind of uh, ritual activity in terms of our spiritual growth. So, so that's a, a real spiritual gathering that happens for that community. Uh, in another part of northern Saskatchewan, part of our diocese, there's also a gathering on an island 
that's an hour's boat ride from any uh, other community, and up to a thousand people gather there. And we'll be having confirmations there uh, this uh, this summer. And uh, I think there's about uh, at least 80 uh, teenagers who will be celebrating confirmation on this island with the rest of the community. And again, uh, they gather for a week, and they have uh, prayer times and socializing and uh, a lot of visiting. Now, what do you find is your greatest challenge and your greatest joy in your ministry to Yellowknife? I think one of the greatest challenges is just the suffering that... um, a lot of the people are going through for a variety of reasons. Unfortunately, we just had a uh, news of a 14-year-old that had committed suicide. and We unfortunately have a high suicide rate, and that really impacts our families and our communities and all the other young people. And it reflects on some of the pain from really the uh, culture being uh, you know, uh, eroded really quickly, so much changing so quickly. So that's one of the key challenges. One of the real blessings I find for me is I really appreciate the Aboriginal and Inuit people, uh, their spirituality, their sense of humor, uh, their deep connection with the land. I like being out with them on the land. Uh, and uh, just uh, uh, I really find encouraging their spirit. And so even though it's a very challenging time for the people, uh, there are strong people. There's a lot of uh, spiritual resources in the communities, and it's kind of um, encouraging to be able to be part of that and in trying to encourage the, the people that are trying to make a positive difference. Thank you so much for your time, Bishop Murray. You're welcome, Mary Rose. So that was Bishop Murray Chatlin of the Diocese of Mackenzie, Fort Smith. To find out more about what they're doing, go to their website, dioceseofmackenzie.com forward slash NT. Great. Thank you very much, Mary Rose. So remember, let us know what's happening in your diocese. is as easy as sending Mary Rose an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Mary Rose Bacani. Now, tomorrow, Sunday, June 13th, there's an all-new witness hosted by Father Tom Rosica. And Father Rosica's guest tomorrow is Father Peter Stravinskas, a noted scholar and author. He's also the founder of the Priestly Society of the Venerable John Henry Cardinal Newman, the Newman House Press, and the Catholic Response. So that's a conversation with Father Tom Rosica on Witness tomorrow, Sunday, June 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern, and it repeats again at 9 p.m. Pacific. And following Witness, stay tuned for Hans Christian Andersen at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, so remember that Danish author and poet, the author mm. of The Little Mermaid and The Princess and the Pea and other children's stories? Well, this is a documentary on his life. Hans Christian Andersen Part 1 will be tomorrow, Sunday, June 13th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And on Thursday, June 17th, tune in for a series with podcasting priest and Salt and Light Radio guest, Father Robert Barron. It's titled Untold Blessings, Three Paths to Holiness. So if you want to find out how to be holy, tune in for Father Robert Barron, Thursday, June 17th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And next Saturday, June 19th, remember, it's the second part of Mother Teresa in the name of God's poor. So that's at 8.30 p.m. And all those times are Eastern time. There's so much to tell, but not enough time. So if you want to find out about our programming schedule, visit our website, 
saltandlighttv.org. Yeah, it's all there. And if you go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio, you can also listen to or download all our Salt and Light Radio programs. And in case you've forgotten, our email address <laughs> is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Send your comments on anything that you hear on our show. And that's all for tonight. Thank you for being with us. I'm Mary Rose Bacani. Yes, you are. And I'm Pedro, and this has been Salt and Light Radio. 